Good morning, everybody. If you would please turn in your Bibles to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. It's great to be together. We continue our theme of more courage this month. Uh, it was great to be in St. Louis last week, those of you that were able to go. I know that uh, Tom did a great job filling in here. Really appreciate all the hard work he did and uh, the worship team that was still here. I know I heard great things and just really want to uh, encourage them with filling in. Uh, it was great to be in St. Louis and worship with uh, our brothers and sisters there. Don't know what service you may have gone to. I see a few of you that were at the 11 o'clock, and that was great uh, to be downtown uh, last Sunday. You know, um, it's, been a, it's been an interesting week. Um, you know, you think you wouldn't get so emotional about something like having to put a dog down, which we had to do in our home uh, this week. I've, I've had to do it four times in my life, and it never gets easier. And it's like, man, why, why does this hurt so bad? You know, I think it's because they love so unconditional. <laughs> you know, they just give you their whole heart. And there's such a lesson in that for us, you know, to give our whole heart uh, to those that God's entrusted us. Um, but it's been a good week. It, that was sad, but it's been a good week. Learned a lot and grown a lot, and hopefully we're all doing that uh, individually and together as a church. Um, today we're going to look at the transition from Moses to Joshua. And in this passage that we're about to read after we pray... God's talking to Joshua. He's trying to encourage him, but he's also talking to all of us in a bigger scale that we all need to trust him. We need to be courageous because he is with us, right? So we're going to look at that closely this morning. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are uh, just quite honestly, we're helpless without you. Um, without you, we will revert back to sin, even more than what we already do now. Um, like Rob said earlier, we can look around us, and we can look at the devastation in Texas, uh, in Florida, uh, and, and we don't even pray enough, God, forgive us. We pray now for all the good people out in the Caribbean islands that were just decimated by Irma. We pray for their recovery. Uh, we pray for the victims of 9-11. We pray uh, for all the victims that have lost home and property up in Montana with the thousands of acres of wildfire. Um, we think about what's going on in St. Louis right now. We want to pray for peace in that community, just down the road to peace from us. We pray for love and peace to eventually prevail, God. Uh, this world is certainly lost without you. And there is no difference between those that are still in the world and us other than your mighty grace in our lives. And we say thank you for that. Father, we want to be courageous. We need to listen to your spirit. We need to obey it. We ask that you come upon us and have a breakthrough in our lives and in our church, your church, Father God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua 1, 
starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I also promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How many times have you read that passage? Lots, right? Is it still true? Is it still true in your life? I'm going to make an obvious point here, but we need to build today around it. I'm going to tell you something that you know here because you've read the Bible so many times. I'm going to tell you something that's obvious because you know this as followers of God. Moses is dead! Brothers and sisters, Moses is dead. Oh, but we're going to go deeper with that very thing. Those three words we're going to build on. See, God tells Joshua... Go and inherit the land I am giving you. God tells Joshua, I will not fail you. I will go with you. You must just simply trust me. Now, we know it's never simply, right? I mean, isn't that what it's all about is trusting God? Let's be honest. There's times we do great and there's times we don't with that very thing, right? Three times brothers and sisters, three times in this passage of nine verses, God tells Joshua what? Be strong and courageous. Why does he have to tell Joshua three times? Not just Joshua, he has to tell us repeatedly, right? Because we need to be reminded. We need to hear it over and over again until it marinates in our heart till the time where it's not just here, we believe it, and it shows in how we live our life. Now, let's go back to the obvious. God has reminded Joshua. Now, let's remember, it's Joshua and Caleb, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, that went into the hill country and said, we can take this land, right? When the other ten didn't think it could be done, it was Joshua and Caleb that said, yes, it can. We can do this. 
You don't have to tell Joshua that Moses is dead. He was tight with Moses. He was Moses' right arm. He knows Moses was their leader, right? Moses, arguably, was the glue that held it together. Moses was the one they looked to for guidance, for the next step. Moses was the very one they complained to when they didn't like the next step, right? And now God is telling them point blank, Moses is dead. Church, what is or who is your Moses? What is it that keeps you going? What is it that holds your world together? What or who is your glue? Now, you know the right answer. You know it's supposed to be God right off the, the, your lips, right? But is it God? Is it God? If your world is falling apart, when you have trouble, who is your glue? Well, we know it's supposed to be God. And sometimes it is God. But let me, if I may, make some suggestions about some other things that could be our Moses. Okay? Is money your Moses? Is your retirement nest egg your Moses? By the way, not necessarily bad things but they don't need to become Moses, or more importantly, they don't need to become God, right? What about your job? What about your advanced degrees framed and hanging on your wall? Again, nothing wrong with a good degree. What about your mom and dad? Are they your Moses? Is your spouse your Moses. Maybe, maybe you go to the gym and you work out three hours a day and you run in 20 10Ks a year and maybe you got body fat that's 3%, cholesterol at 140, maybe fitness, maybe health is your Moses. I'm working on some of that on the health thing, but I have not achieved those markers that I just gave as an example. So that one's not mine. I've got other ones. <laughs> but is it possible that it's something not quite as tangible as the list that I just reeled off? Maybe your Moses is Bible knowledge. Maybe your Moses is just knowledge in general. Maybe your Moses is control. Maybe your Moses is doing more than anybody else in the church and thinking that's going to earn you something. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's title. Maybe it's prestige. Maybe it's looking good. Maybe it's keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know what it may be for you. Ponder on that for a second. But it's not just individuals that have Moses. Churches have Moses too. How about some of these 
for churches that might hold up these things as their Moses. Maybe it's their budget. I know that's not our problem, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen, Jenny? <laughs> but we're working on that, right? We're working on that. We need to keep praying that, by the way. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago that House of Prayer and their attorney, um, they met with the, the um, zoning board. Uh, as you know, these things take time. They didn't resolve it in one setting. But they are taking steps towards getting their property rezoned so that they can come to the closing table with us, which is what we want, right? Amen? Um, churches, back to churches. Maybe the Lord's Prayer, good prayer. Maybe their whole way of doing things is built around that. Maybe it's the order of worship that becomes Moses. Maybe it's fundraisers that become their Moses. Maybe it's their choir. Maybe it's a particular tradition that's, we've always done it that way. So we're going to keep doing it that way. Okay, so I, I gave you some examples for your personal life. I hope one of those hit home. If not, I'm sure you had another one that, that the Spirit prompted you on during that. So we talked about churches have their Moseses, right? So it's a good time to remind you of the obvious again. Moses is dead. He's dead. God tells Joshua, Moses is dead. Joshua knows that. They're all in mourning for Moses. Why does God remind Joshua of Moses? So Moses, excuse me, so Joshua can finally let go. So Joshua can do what the Lord has prepared in advance for him to do. You have to let go. On a much smaller scale, it's hard to let go of the family pet that you love. We'll remember her fondly, but we've got to move on, right? Life goes on. I say all that to get to my first point. If we're going to be courageous Christians, the name of the message, we must realize our potential, brothers and sisters. We must realize our potential. The Bible says in Romans that we are what? More than conquerors. Hmm. More than conquerors. Are we being more than conquerors? God wants us to move forward for the potential that he has for each one of us. You see, Christ died for each one of us while we were still sinners. But he didn't die so that we could say, okay, I'm saved now. Now I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till God calls my name. I'm going to wait till Jesus comes back. And yes, with all this stuff going on right now, there is actually a group out there that's saying, I think, September 23rd. What is that, next week? September 23rd is going to be the end of the world. How many times have we heard that before, right? I'm like, how are you going to say that? Knowing what it says in the Bible that nobody will know. Not even Jesus, right? I mean, God only knows. I'm like, man, somebody's throwing a date out there. You know it's not going to happen. God's not going to work like that. 
I think we underestimate our potential. Not because of who I am. I'm, I'm very limited. But because of how powerful and awesome God is. We get into a negative mindset. We get into an emotional mindset. We get into a defeatist mindset, don't we? We all do. Satan's playground, isn't it? Joshua was a great leader. He was a fierce warrior for God. But I have to believe that God had to tell him three times to be strong and courageous because Joshua, like us, needed to be reminded of how awesome God is and to get out of a negative mindset, to get out of a, the glasses half empty mindset. I'm sure Joshua was insecure. Who wouldn't be? Moses was this great leader that God did amazing things with. And Joshua got to be right there for all of it. And Joshua's probably thinking, I'm no Moses. Who am I? And you might say that too. Who am I? Who am I to reach out to this person? Who am I to help this brother or sister in the church? There's probably somebody else helping. There's probably somebody else more qualified helping. There's probably somebody else doing something there. Don't assume that. Because if everybody assumes that, nothing gets done, right? No one had done the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done through Moses. But you know what? You know what? Moses blew it. Moses' faith let him down, and he did not enter the promised land, did he? Now, I'm not taking anything away from Moses. He was still a great leader. He's still in the Hall of Fame, right? But he was human, like we are. Great prophet? Yes. Great leader? Yes. Human like you and I? Yes, yes, yes. We've got to trust and go forward despite the fear. Can I get an amen? amen? Joshua was never to rely on his mighty army. He was never to rely on his own wisdom. God was teaching Joshua early to depend on him alone. The potential is there for us also if we rely on God's power. Next point. If we are to be courageous Christians, we can expect to have problems. We talk about that a lot because we have problems a lot, right? We have to grow, brothers and sisters. Let me give you an illustration. You know, if, if we got a group of us together, too bad we can't do that around here, and go to whitewater rafting, right? And let's say there's a group of 12 of us that are going. And we're getting ready to go, and we're halfway there, and we realize we only got eight 
Well, first of all, we wouldn't do this if it was white water rafting. Lazy River would be a better example. Let's say we're going to go down the Lazy River. We realize we only got eight inner tubes. Hey, let's stop off to Walmart and let's get four inner tubes, right? Hey, they're only six, seven bucks a piece. It ought to do the job. This river's easy. You with me? And we make it down the river. The Walmart inner tubes did what they needed to do. But if we wanted to go advance to the next river, a little more challenging river, river with current, a river with rocks, a river with twists and turns, I promise you the $7 Walmart tube is going to be tattered and torn to pieces. The Walmart inner tube can't handle that kind of challenge. Are we as disciples fully prepared for the challenges that we're going to have thrown by us by Satan, thrown at us by this fallen world? And I'll be honest with you guys, God gives us challenges too because he's trying to make us into the image of his son. We can't rely on the Walmart inner tube. We need something better. We need a stronger foundation. We need something sturdier. What kind of inner tube are you floating on, brothers and sisters? You see, God in effect's telling Joshua, get up. Get up. I've got work for you. You're going to be crossing the Jordan soon. You're going to be taking on the walls of Jericho right after that. And one thing after another. Get ready. Be prepared. I've been preparing you all along for this. But we got to be careful not to get into what I would call the manna mentality. Now, we do have to take life one day at a time. And we do have to be grateful for what God provides on a daily basis. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of zombie. Just trying to get through another day. Just trying to make it. Just trying to hold on. And, and that happens, right? There's a time and place for that. But we're warriors for Christ. We got to fight too. We got to be looking all around us. We got to be looking at the lost. We got to be looking at the hurts within our own body, right? There are plenty of needs to be met in the Springfield Church of Christ and outside the Springfield Church of Christ. There is plenty to go around, right? Thomas's, Thomas Edison's son, Theodore, he was experiencing, uh, experimenting one day with a glass bottle bomb, and it went off, and glass debris went everywhere. And he went to his father and he said, Dad, he said, um, didn't some of your inventions not work out too? Didn't some of yours blow up? He said, yes. He said, but Dad, did you learn anything from those failures? And I think we all know the answer is yes. We know Thomas Edison is a successful inventor, but he had to experiment a lot to get those successes. He had to fail a few times to get to those successes. We don't, we don't even fail if we're not involved. We don't even fail if we're not in the game. We don't even learn anything if we don't risk and try and love more deeply. Amen? Last point I'd like to make. If we're to be courageous Christians, we must try, trust God's promise to provide.
We must trust God's promise to provide. Please turn to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. We don't need to fear. We do. We do fear. We do worry because we're human. You probably don't remember it. We did a lesson about three years ago. We actually did a series on fear. And we talked about that fear is actually a spirit. It's not just an emotion. It's also a spirit. And it's a spirit not of God. So it's a not of God. Who's the spirit from, right? It's from the enemy. We don't need to fear. I think the things we fear are the things we get used to. We're fear of losing our job. We get fearful of losing our lifestyle. God says he'll provide, right? We're just afraid and he's going to provide differently than what we're used to. He will strengthen us, he said. But we've got a part to play in that. We have to be obedient, right? We have to be obedient to our Father. And the Bible says that's not burdensome if we love Him. We don't, we don't like that word. We don't like words like obey. We don't like words like surrender. They're old-fashioned. You know what? They're still in the Bible. And I have found when I do it, which is not every time, when I do it, God does bless me. God does show he's with me. God does show he is faithful. When I don't do it, it doesn't go that well. How about you? Do you remember the little rhyme, good, better, best, never let them rest until good is better and better is best? See, everything we do should be on the premise of there's a good way of doing something, there's a better way of doing something, and then ultimately what's best, what glorifies God in every situation. But if we do it, good, or if we do it my way, or 
somebody else's way, then probably it's going to be, let's be honest, it's probably going to be mediocre, isn't it? It's not, it's not going to glorify God. And we want to glorify God, right? I know we do. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's Lord of nothing. And I remember what we said right before we entered the water, right? Is he still Lord? I close with a simple story before Mark comes up and closes us out. Several years ago on the coast of Scotland, there was a missing child that had been missing for a couple of days. And there was a group of rescuers, obviously, that were out trying to find him. And they found him, but where he was, they were on top of a cliff, and he was down to where you couldn't reach him by foot or by vehicle. It was going to involve some rappelling. And there was a local boy, he was maybe 9 or 10 years old, that was very well known in the community for rock climbing and rappelling, and he knew the landscape well. He even knew the little boy that was, was uh, trapped several hundred feet below. And they asked the boy, can you help here? Can you help go get your friend? And the boy, as you might imagine, was terrified. And they tried to encourage him with, well, look, we want to show you how sturdy the rope is. And he's like, yeah, 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 I get that, I get that. He's like, but I'm still scared. Well, we'll harness you. We'll hook you up. You know, we'll have hold of the rope and you'll be secure. I know, I know how to do all that. His dad, the boy's dad, came onto the scene. His dad said, son, I'll hold the rope with these other men. I'll hold the rope while you go down. And it was like, all the anxiety was gone. All the fear was gone. All the worry was gone. You see, the boy had confidence that his dad was going to hold the rope. You know, I can try to show you things about God. Other brothers and sisters can try to show you things about God, and God works that way, right? But ultimately... God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants you to trust him. And just like that boy, our father is holding our rope. He's got you. See, our potential as Christians is far beyond anything we could imagine. Those aren't my words. That's a take on Ephesians 3.20, right? Are we asking? Are we asking God to move our mountains? Are we asking God to mold our hearts? Is God holding your rope? Because when God starts holding your rope, You'll let go of all your Moses, all your idols. And you too, like Joshua, will be strong and courageous. Amen? Amen.
Thank you for letting me share this morning. And Mark's going to close us out with a few announcements and a closing prayer. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you.